0: Hi everyone, David Harris with you here on Criminal Injustice. And I've got a bonus for you here. This concerns the two mass shootings over the weekend of August 3rd and 4th, 2019 in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio. Listeners to Criminal Injustice will, of course, remember that back in October of 2018, There was a mass shooting here in Pittsburgh, where I am based, in the Squirrel Hill neighborhood at the now well-known Tree of Life Synagogue. Listeners may also remember that I put a bonus up about that uh, and explained that uh, that one particularly hit a nerve because it was just two and a half, three blocks from my home, uh, right in my own neighborhood. Um, I am sorry to have to return to the subject of mass shootings but I feel it is inevitable what with in the past weekend, August 3rd and 4th, two terrible, destructive mass shootings one in El Paso, Texas on August 3rd at a Walmart, and one uh, in Dayton, Ohio the same weekend, just hours apart in the nightlife district. Of that city now uh, there's plenty to say about this and I'm sure you have heard much, uh, but I really feel that it's important to say a couple of things right now. Uh, I simply uh, must say what's on my mind. number one, I can't help but notice as I'm sure so many of you have not just the pain, the 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 sadness, but the fact that mass murder Seems to have been normalized. I, I just can't get over this in some way. Mass murder on this scale, 10, 20 people, all at once in less than a minute, has been normalized in the sense that we kind of expect it or we're not as shocked as we once were, or just that, you know, we seem to take this almost like a tornado or a terrible storm of some kind, bad weather. You know, uh, Dayton was rocked by tornadoes just a couple of months ago. There was national news coverage and so forth. Now it's rocked by a mass shooting. Um, I, I just cannot get my mind around the fact that this happens so often that it is now kind of just part of the regular pulse of our country. Um, it is wrong that this should be considered some kind of regular thing. Uh, It is wrong that it happens at all, of course, but to have it just be kind of something we have to put up with, like, you know, wildfires or thunderstorms, it is unthinkable, and yet here we are. Um, This, to me, represents a failure of our government, of our politics, and our country at the deepest level. And the reason I say that is that the first job Any government is to keep its people safe from harm. I mean, that seems like you shouldn't have to say it. Uh, And we know not everybody can be safe all the time. There are risks. There are bad people out there. But the governments that we have, national and state, are simply failing to come to grips with what is so obviously a national emergency. And that is death by firearms in these mass shootings. Um, And that represents a colossal failure of what we try to do when we band together as democracies, as representative governments. We should be able to address our most urgent problems. They shouldn't sink into one side says this, one side says that politics. We should be able to put aside what ever divides us and there are substantial divisions as we all know and say well what might work we must try something even if it doesn't work all the way even if it doesn't solve the whole problem even if it fails but we try nothing what will people think of us in 50 years as they look back and they see the normalization of mass murder in this era, and they look at, well, what did those people do? What did their governments do? What did their leaders do? And the answer will be nothing. I just think it's the the most basic kind of failure of government there is, and it's a terrible symptom of everything else that ails us, but it's simply not something we should be able to ignore We shouldn't accept that. One of the most interesting uh, and telling things that I have seen in the couple of days since these terrible events was on Sunday, uh, the governor of Ohio, uh, Michael DeWine, came to a large vigil in Dayton. And as he began to speak and talk about the fact that a big crowd was there, people broke out spontaneously in a chant, Do something! Do something! want this addressed. It doesn't matter what side you are on. We cannot let this go on. We just can't. It is a failure of the highest order in what we expect from any kind of government. And when you couple that With the fact that in at least some of these cases, certainly in Squirrel Hill in Pittsburgh at the Tree of Life Synagogue, from everything we know, it's also true of the El Paso mass murder, that this has been brought on uh, because of the killer's belief in white supremacy or white nationalism or an immigrant invasion, whatever it is, this white supremacy, racism, xenophobia, this kind of mass murder coupled with that becomes the worst and most sinister of problems, which every part, not just of law enforcement, that's obvious, but every part of society should be mobilized to combat. We simply can't allow that. And yet there it is. And it keeps repeating itself and it will get worse unless we do something. Do something, they said to the governor of Ohio. Now, as we return again to the subject of guns and gun violence, I do want to make a couple of points about that. It's important to remember, I think, factually, legally, uh, analytically, where we are, even as uh, we are sad, we are crushed, we are terrified, we have to mobilize our rational thinking. Mass shootings like the two this weekend are beyond horrifying. They are awful. They must be prevented for all the reasons I've already stated, but they're really only part of the problem of people dying uh, with weapons, with guns, uh, firearms particularly, uh, and no disrespect by any stretch to any of the victims or any of the first responders or anything like that. I don't mean that at all. I'm just saying there is more to the problem actually than just these mass shootings. In point of fact, mass shootings are only a small part of the problem of firearms related deaths and particularly firearms related murders. And if we lump them all together, or if we put mass shootings as sort of the number one part of the problem, as much as they are so awful and so random and so terrifying, I think we'd be making a mistake. And here's why I say that. There's a new book uh, written by a fellow named Thomas Apt. Uh, I've actually interviewed him for an upcoming episode of Criminal Injustice. His book is called Bleeding Out. I cannot recommend it uh, more strongly. Um, And he makes, uh, among many other arguments and points there, he makes uh, one really important point for right now for us, and that is that there are several different gun violence problems. And I would just say off the top, people with licenses, who go hunting, who have other uses for their weapons, they are not the problem, okay? They are not the problem. We do have problems with lethal violence in this country, and it is primarily with guns. But the people who got who have them for those other purposes, this is not about them. This is about other groups of people. the the By far, the largest problem we have with gun violence uh, is not in fact these incredibly awful tragic mass shootings. It is urban street level violence mostly perpetrated one person at a time with illegal guns, with stolen guns, with people who cannot legally possess guns having them. That is by far the largest problem of violence with guns and murder All. Together. And App makes some very interesting proposals on how to deal with that. His whole book is all about how to cut that violence in half in eight years using existing tools. Okay? So you'll have to wait to get the whole skinny on that till we put him on. But again, it's not the mass shootings that lead that should lead all of the gun conversations. It's these urban street-level killings. And, you know, so it's things like Chicago. This past weekend, the same weekend as these two mass shootings, seven people were murdered in Chicago, over 60 shot. And that's not all that uncommon in Chicago. And most cities, while they may not have that many, they have them all the time. I opened my newspaper this morning, as I'm recording this, on August 6th, and there's a report that less than two miles from my home, there was a drive-by shooting in which two young people were shot and taken to the hospital in the Homewood neighborhood. That is the next neighborhood over from where I live. So it's everywhere, and it's all the time. It doesn't come in big numbers, and it doesn't come uh, from a crazy, racist, xenophobic whatever but it's there, and that's the biggest problem. Then there are domestic violence-related murders. Those are numerous, too. Then down the list come mass killings like the ones in El Paso and Dayton. And then there are suicides, which is a whole different kind of gun problem. And killings of residents of homes, especially children, Uh, all by these mistaken kinds of shooting kids, finding guns. Now, the thing to remember is that all these problems are problems, but they are different problems, and they require different approaches and different solutions. If we only talk about mass shootings, as horrible as they are, we will be missing very important parts of the problem, and we don't want to do that. It's too serious. Right. Even if we were to successfully address tomorrow all of the mass shootings and they stopped, that would be a great achievement and it would go a long way, but it would not solve our problems with murders by guns. All of them have different answers and different possible solutions. They are not one problem. Okay. Um, so that, I think, is what I have to say today. Um, I cannot tell you how this violence grieves me. I think back to the tree of life and everything that happened after it um, and, you know, that this is happening every week now uh, like bad weather or something. I just can't get my mind around it. We need to pay attention to how we can address this successfully. To not do so is a failure of who we are as a people because we are problem solvers. It is a failure to address some of these awful undercurrents in our society that seem to be motivating many of these mass killings, such as xenophobia, such as racism and white supremacy. We can't go on this way. That's it. I'm going to stop here. This is David Harris. This is Criminal Injustice. I'll be back with you next time. Criminal Injustice is written by David Harris and produced by Josh Rawlerson. Interviews are recorded at the studios of WESA in Pittsburgh. For more information, links, and past episodes, visit criminalinjusticepodcast.com.